0: Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Good morning. Good morning. So we're continuing to work through the Heidelberg Catechism. We're at Lord's Day 9 now. And as you mentioned last time, we're uh, beginning to kind of walk through the Apostles' Creed, that kind of summary of what is it that we confess, what is it that we believe about God. And we saw last time about the, the Trinitarian structure of of our faith as a whole and that's reflected therefore in the catechism so in this lord's day we're kind of beginning to look at the work of god the father so what are the things that the creed draws out as being particularly important for us uh, to understand and confess there and 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 how does that shape us uh, as followers of god yes
1: good question let me uh read question 26 and answer it and then i'll highlight a few things uh, to answer your question Uh, Question 26 asks this question, What do you believe when you say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? And the answer is that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who of nothing made heaven and earth with all that is in them, who likewise upholds and governs the same by his eternal counsel and providence, is for the sake of Christ his Son, my God and my Father, on whom I rely so entirely that I have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for soul and body, and further, that he will make whatever evils he sends upon me in this veil or valley of tears turn out to my advantage, for he is able to do it, being Almighty God and willing, being a faithful father. Well, brother, this uh, goes back to our last episode when we spoke of the eternality uh, the e- eternal existence of the triune god father son holy spirit one god in three persons even before the creation the father was revealed as the father to the son from before the foundation of the world the father desired to bless the son we have psalm 2:7 that says uh, this is my decree you are my son today i have begotten you you are my son, I will give you the nations for your inheritance. You are my son, Uh, you will be a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. The the eternal God, Father, in the power and love of the Spirit, promised to the Son that he would be glorified, and that the Father would be glorified through the Son. And he decided to create all things visible and invisible, invisible, visible and invisible. (laughs) All things. (laughs) All things. And we find this particularly in Colossians 1, uh, 15 to 20, when we're taught that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn or the preeminent one of all creation. And by him, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, all things were created through him and by him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. So In speaking of God as our Father, we want to first accent and uh, accent the fact that he's the Father of the Lord Jesus and that the whole purpose of creation was that the Son would be glorified in the Father, that the Father would reveal himself as that heavenly Father for those he had given to Christ. We see this with Christ is the one through whom uh, God created all things visible and invisible. He was not only the one through whom we learn in Colossians 1.17, but it, it was for him all things were uh, created. And so through and for him, we find this. We find in the Hebrews, uh, one passage, that uh, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. He is God, the second person of the triumph, God. Um, and he's the one that upholds the universe by the word of his power. Again, he's the one through whom all things were made. And so we want to accent that when we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Um, God in his eternal existence as the triune god um, has promised that he would enthrone his son that he would glorify his son that he would show himself to be the father of his son in the power and love of the holy spirit but then we come in and this is the most beautiful thing is that we're told that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who of nothing made heaven and earth and all that is them, likewise upholds and governs the same. That's what we've already uh, uh, been thinking about. But for the sake of Christ, his Son, he's my God and my Father. This is the beauty of the personal uh, first-person blessedness of the Heidelberg Catechism again, that it's not just that Christ can call him Father, but we can. Though we transgressed against the Father, though he has created all blessedness in us. He's given us as his creatures um, a, 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 a relationship with him as part of his family. Paul uh, uses this language in Ephesians 3, 14, that the Father of all creation, you know, speaking that in that sense, God's the Father of all creation, but we've turned from Him as Father. We've rejected Him as Father. Um, our sins have kept us from His holy, um, glorious presence. We don't fear Him as we should because of the fall. What we see then in the fullness of time and, and from before the foundation of the world, but fulfilled in the fullness of time is we see the Lord Jesus Christ and so that rich teaching that we have that we can call God our father that we can say our father is because of the person and work of the Lord Jesus Um, the true son came uniting himself to our nature humbling himself though he uh, was equal with God in in deity and glory and power and beauty Um, He united himself to our nature to redeem us, to bring together uh, a family uh, to himself so that we could call God our Father as, um, as, as he is. In a sense, he's our Father by creation, but we've rejected him and we're under his wrath because he is not only Father, but he's God. And we have not feared him we've sinned against him we've transgressed uh, his commandments and so the bible tells us that the wrath of god abides on us but the son of god comes to offer that love of the father uh, through himself through his life and death and resurrection and ascension to bring sinners to himself and to restore us uh, to that family that we were created to be part of to enjoy and so i think what's uh, so beautiful about uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, is that from the foundation of the world, God had elected uh, a people uh, in Christ uh, to be his sons, uh, to be adopted as his children. Uh, Romans eight tells us that uh, we no longer have the spirit of slavery that causes us to fall back into fear, but we have the spirit of sonship, that the Lord Jesus has come to restore us to the Father, to give us the Holy Spirit, to help us to know Uh, deeply within ourselves, uh, that we are his sons and that we are loved uh, by him in Christ. And so this is where that confidence comes that we can call him our father along with Jesus, that he's my father particularly, and that we have no doubt just as he cared for the Lord Jesus through his birth and life and death and resurrection and ascension, just as he kept his promises to the son uh, throughout his entire ministry, and now the son is exalted and enthroned and has received and uh, uh, enjoying the glory he had with the father before the world began um, we too can be confident in christ that the father will take care of us he's not just able to do it he's powerful and almighty and able to take care of everything he upholds the universe through the sun he creates all the beauty that we see in the world around us Um, He is the creator of all things, visible and invisible. He's created the angels. Uh, He's created the flowers. He's created the birds. Uh, The Lord Jesus tells us to look at the created things and be reminded that your heavenly father cares for you and loves you. Peter tells us that to humble ourselves before our heavenly father, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And so we know that he'll provide for whatever we need, both in our soul and body. And even the hard things that he sends in our lives, the crosses. And it's appropriate to call uh, these things the crosses because uh, he ordained the cross in his own beloved son's, um, his eternally begotten, only begotten son's life for us and for our salvation. But that cross was one that was most difficult for the son to go through. Uh, It was wretched. It was horrifying. Uh, He said, if this cup could pass from me, may you allow this father but not as I will, but yours be done. And yet he turns those crosses, he turned that cross into resurrection power, into vindication, into the pronouncement as father and judge, no condemnation for my son, uh, son arise, be enthroned as I promised you before the foundation of the world, and I will give you the people, the family that I promised to you. And so through those difficulties, through those crosses, though, we're not necessarily literally crucified, though sometimes we are, and we've seen this in church history. Sometimes we're burned at the stake. Sometimes we go through horrific uh, kinds of persecution and torture because of our faith. Sometimes just being baptized right this moment, uh, being baptized somewhere in the world in the name of the triune God will get one tortured or killed. Mm-hmm. To make that kind of public confession is to consider a cost that is... is is, is um, is much more than, than we could ever uh, pay, uh, much more than we could ever do in and of our own strength and self. And so we know because these crosses, God turns them to good. In the life of Joseph, we remember, though his brothers mistreated him, though he was left for dead, though he literally uh, experienced a kind of death, uh, he was resurrected at the end and in, exalted as the prime minister of Egypt, as the right-hand man of Egypt, as the one who'd be the bread of life for the starving. And we're we're told that when his brothers asked him, uh, when they regretted what they had done to him, he said, it wasn't you who sent me here. It was God. Mm-hmm. what you intended for evil, God intended for good. We have that wonderful passage when we go through difficulties that We know our Heavenly Father is still sustaining us. He's still able and willing to bring us through because he's sanctifying us through our difficulties, our sufferings. He tells us in Romans 8.28 that all things are working together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so let me just end this part by just saying um, with the Apostle John, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. We want to be thankful. The reason why the world does not know us is it didn't know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. So our God and Father, the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the power and love of the Spirit, promised His Son a family. Our God wanted a family. We know that from the very beginning, when uh, God is revealing himself to Abraham, that he was to be an heir, he was to have a family, he was to multiply, that he was to be the father of many nations, ultimately so that in Christ our God and Father could be glorified through a family. And we're in that family through the Lord Jesus, through the forgiveness of sins, through reconciliation by his blood. And in that family we find our hope, we find our rest, we find our identity. And we find our hope for not just a present, but for the world to come. Mm -hmm. Amen.
0: Yeah. I I just think about how different it would be if the biblical teaching left out the fatherhood of God. It it would be incomprehensible. You know, if if our creed was just, I believe in God, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Well, that, that gets you something, but it, it, it misses the relationship. It misses the fatherhood. It misses the family. It misses, you know, all of these things, which is why, you know, as we talked about last, last episode, that Trinitarian structure is so important, and the way that God reveals himself is not arbitrary. God is Father. God is the Son. God is the Spirit, and each person is... Uh, distinguishable from the others, but not divisible. You couldn't pull out any one of the persons or any one of their work and have anything other than hell. You know, we we, we need this triune God and that's who he is and what we have. And and just to see that is so important and to see it rooted in creation and in redemption. You know, one of the, one of the things that sounds like a great thing, but it was actually a terrible thing, you know, in, in the early 20th century, a lot of, uh, churches, it would begin to just stress the fatherhood of God disconnected from redemption. Well, just God makes things and therefore he's kind of the father. But you get this generic relationship that's no relationship at all because it's not grounded in what God has done in Christ. There's no grounds for adoption because we aren't even adopted. It was just kind of this general generic status that we have. Um, But that is very different than the teaching of the Bible, which stresses that sonship that we have fallen away from and, and, and rebelled from and run away you know we're runaways from God um, the, the parable of the prodigal son that is is framed in those terms of sonship for for a very important reason and it's in Christ that we are brought back that we're brought near yes. that we are made sons and so just in a sense you know you, you need the rest of the Bible you need the Son and the spirit and their work unpacked to understand this. But once you have that, you can understand how being able to just say the words, God, our Father, is the gospel, Amen. in a sense.
1: It's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to pray each and every day saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. To say, Abba, Father. is because of the triune work of God. It's it, because of the, 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 the wonderful,
0: glorious gospel work of the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.catoctin.org. That's www.k-e-t-o-c-t-i-n.org. And you can find out more about the work of Pastor Biggs as the regional home missionary of the Presbytery of the Mid-Atlantic at www.joiningtheharvest.org. If you found this episode to be useful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. If you have questions that you would like us to answer or consider in a future episode, you can send those to us at shepherdsvoicepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.